you look just like um who directed all the zombie movies and died um um Jim Goad. Uh, Rudy, you look just like um, the, the George, Dawn of the Dead guy, George Romero. You look just like George Romero. I'm just stunned that you didn't say Michael Moore for once. You look like a young George A. Romero. I'm gonna look. You him look up, like a young George R. R. Look up, Romero. Look, <laughs> look up young George <laughs> Romero. Did he look hot? I wouldn't say hot. Shit. He was hot. Shit. He was directed some great movies. He looks cool as an old guy. Look him up when he was younger. He's a Big motherfucker. Oh, thank you. In the movie industry. <laughs> In real life, too, he's pretty big. He's good looking. You look just like him. Yeah, he also looks like Dan Harmon. <laughs> Dude, he made Harmon Quest. Bro. Your word's not mine. Let me see. He, he has a Harmon card on he looks good. audio equipment. Mm. Harmon Kaden? Kadron. Is it Kadron? I think it's K-A-D-R-O-N. What are they, a bunch of witches? It's the Kadron? It's the stirring of a bunch no, of that's spells bad. and a Kadron? It's the heart Kadron Collider. That's where they make... Fuck you. Y'all suck. Tristan Horse back at you again for Welcome to the Horse House episode, episode 64 of Welcome to the Horse House. 64 episodes of Welcome to the Horse House. I am your host. Tri- oh, it's starting a little. Hmm, wait a minute. I, I know this song. We've been leading up to this for a long time, huh? You know? I get older, losing my hair. Many years from now, will you still be sending me a Valentine birthday greetings bottle of wine? It'll have been out till a quarter till three. Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Fuck up. You'll be And if you say the word, I could stay with you. I could be handy mending a fuse when your lights have gone. You can knit your sweater by the fireside Sunday mornings go for a ride Doing the garden, digging the weeds Who could ask for more? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Every summer we can rent a cottage in the Isle of Wight If it's not too dear we shall scrimp and say Grandchildren on your knee Rudy, Tristan, and Stephen 
Send me a postcard, drop me a line, stating point of view. Indicate precisely what you mean to say, you're sincerely wasting away. Give me your answer, fill in a form, mine forevermore. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? So 64 episodes of Welcome to the Horse House. Welcome to you, Tristan Horse. The very special Beatles episode of Welcome to the Horse House. Powered by Sunfly Karaoke. That outro just played and it matched up perfectly with what I was saying. Uh, so thank you to Power uh, to Sunfly Karaoke for 64 episodes of Welcome to the Horse House. My name is Tristan Horse. We have some great Beatles content for you guys today. Uh, who do I have in front of me on this auspicious uh occasion the it, man with the acerbic wit himself it's me uh beatles aficionado rudy carry take that please <laughs> no that's it please. I'm so sorry. I have performance anxiety. take you down as I welcome you to the horse house where all the fun is and nothing that is un- out of bounds welcome to the horse house living is easy with eyes closed and libertarian policies it's getting hard to be an islamic nationalist but that doesn't matter to rudy let us take you down as i welcome you to the horse house chris sometimes calls in and nothing is left out of bounds. Welcome to the horse house. Rudy's just mad it's not a fucking Donovan podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad about anything. I'm watching Tristan hold his head in his fucking hands. What song was that? That was that was pretty good, Steven. No, really. It was good. Um, how much work did you put into that? I don't want to talk about it. No, Steven. It was well, good. How much work did you put into I'm, it? I'm, I'm not... 
I don't know how to read tablature like that's, Rudy. That's I don't more, know how to play instruments like Tristan. I, I spent 48 hours trying to that's, get the it intro was the, That's more melodica than I'll ever know in my entire life. And and it took me 15 takes that all definitely stayed in, <laughs> even though they were promised they to be cut out. They did not stay in, and I don't make promises. Only the Lord can make promises. That's what I was taught as a child. I'm not the Lord. I'm the Lord of this house, the horse house, but I am not the Lord, the God God Almighty, creator of all things. I'm having like a mix of acid reflux and astral projection right now. I'm so upset. This isn't how it was supposed to start. I love the Beatles show. As far as anyone, as far as anyone knows, this is how it did start, Stephen. Don't you're being a bitch again. I'm trying. like when you said I edited Randy Newman's short people Wikipedia page, which I didn't, and so you he's lied. Upset about you that. lied to Tristan. Steven, can you explain to the audience what happened? We were we were having a little joke around hang sesh like pod before the pod. Not like the Rudy to... starting shit thing, just the actual crazy thing that happened. I'm I'm giving context. Okay. And the context was we were talking about short people and then we were like By Randy Newman. By Randy Newman, well known song. And and like uh we were discussing what the actual meaning of it is and I just uh read some stuff off of the uh Wikipedia page where it like equivalated it with like rednecks and like, hey, it's it's clearly like an, a biased narrator, it's supposed yeah. to be like anti prejudice, but some people took it the wrong way and just thought Randy Newman was a bigot. Uh the last line on the Wikipedia page said this is ironic because Randy Newman is quote a diminutive five foot two. I read that out loud and Tristan, you immediately said Randy Newman is not that short. He's actually kind of tall. And I said, hey, this is just what the Wikipedia page is. So I went and looked up what Randy Newman's height Left was, the Wikipedia leaving page. the Wikipedia page, and it said Randy Newman's six foot tall. So I said, that's weird. Why was it on the Wikipedia page? So I went back to Wikipedia. I just hit back. I didn't even, I didn't even retype in anything. Yeah. I hit back on my phone, and what? It was gone. It was gone. It was absolutely gone. It was, it was gone. gone. Without a trace. The Dominion said five foot two. It was gone. So then what'd you do, Steven? I started freaking out. I was like, it's gone. Guys, it's gone. It's gone. And I went into where you can see where the Wikipedia edits happen, and it had been edited a minute ago by an admin that just said, removed false information, Randy Newman is not five foot two. Which is pretty fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How can they say there's no God? When things like that happen. I don't know how they can't say there's a devil, because Rudy then went on insisting that I did it, I made the changes, <laughs> and he's segue. bouncing up and down like a little bitch. Steven, that was a great segue. Steven, you've been in your pocket these last couple episodes. Call me Miles Teller, because I'm on tempo. Now, Rudy is the only person in this room that doesn't like the Beatles. I enjoy the Beatles. Rudy, what not. was that statement you made earlier before we started recording? So, I've said uh, many a time... You typically cut me off before I can provide additional context. That the Beatles are overrated. Mm -hmm. However, they are one of the greatest bands of all time. And I, I think these things can simultaneously be true. That's and as good as we can get from Rudy. Well, I do think that that should have been enough for disqualifying him from being on episode 64. <laughs> let alone maybe disqualifying him from being on any episode of The Horse House afterward. But what can you expect when someone's favorite band is Warrant and he is, quote, the cherry pie guy on Twitter. Follow Ooh, at the cherry pie guy. <laughs> Steven, what's your story with the Beatles? What's my story with the Beatles? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think in the same way that like anyone discovers the Beatles, you either come across them like on like you're just you're overwhelmed with just like um, for lack of a better phrase, like the the positivity of the music. Like, um I grew up in a household where like music wasn't really like a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a typical like millennial turn of the century 
like introduction into like popular music i had an older sister that was into like boy bands my dad had like a shania twain cd but uh one mother's day my mom got two cds for our chevy malibu to drive mm-hmm. around in one was uh they're both greatest hits records too so you know great but uh it was the beach boys but then um the best greatest hits record of all time the beatles won the beatles would have just come out if i'm not mistaken at the time and for those of you that are produced by phil Spector, yeah that's Uh, true yeah yeah yeah. um but uh, for those of you that don't know it's every it's every song that went number one in america Mm -hmm. for the beatles i believe forgive me if i'm wrong but uh it's just i was blown away immediately not only just because like the music's beautiful and when you're a young person i mean you hear a song like she loves you and it just it, it's it's immediately an earworm it's in your head it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah it's everything that pop music should be yeah right but as you went further in in the years like down the list on one i just remember every time we would get to the long and winding road the last song on one i would just want to start from the top again with love me do yeah and it caught me i just i i think it caught me uh in a time in my life i was in the third grade, uh, I I was kind of becoming um, a person outside of like the shadow of my family, like figuring out who I was, and and for some reason, uh, and I guess it's not a special story because um, millions of people around the world have had that experience, but for some reason they just like spoke to me, you know. Mm, what was yeah. your Beatles story, Tristan? I was. My first ever, I become obsessed with things. I'm a little autistic, I guess you could say. Many people might say I'm autistic. I'm going to get tested soon. I think it's a stool sample or a blood sample, something like that. And they find I've got the tart in you. And so, my first ever musical obsession was Elvis Presley. I don't know where... Like America. Yes. He, yes, right? Uh, I don't know where... Um, where I got exposed to Elvis, to be honest, my grandma was a big Elvis fan. I'm not sure who introduced me to Elvis. So that was my first musical obsession. And then, I don't know, maybe when I was seven, seven, eight maybe, um, my sister's friend named Carla, she was a big Beatles fan. The whole family was, they were big Beatles people. So she, that was my first exposure to the Beatles. Um, and then, after that... There was a car wash we were doing with a youth group. I was still very young. And I remember um, someone brought a mix CD for the stereo. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, that mix CD had two Beatles songs on it. And it was Yellow Submarine and either Let It Be or Long and Winding Road. Strange vibes for a car wash. For a car wash mix. And that's when it really hit me. And then for Christmas, I got one on CD. That's probably a lot of people's story with the Beatles. Well, it's probably one. people our age because it's just, yeah, it's just, it's 20 bangers. Yeah. It, like, and I remember just listening to that on repeat, literally <laughs> on repeat. Um, I can still remember if I'm listening to one, I always know which song is coming up next. Cause my brain remembered. Uh, and then of course I went into high school. I was a Beatles fan for a long time and that led to other obsessions. Tiny Tim, Bob Dylan, all those things. Um, I was really into Hendrix for a little bit. Now, not at all. Um, and then in high school, for some reason, I became an edge lord, and I was of the opinion that the Beatles were uh, overrated. Which you never, thankfully, you never went through that phase. And then something brought me back in. I don't even know what it was. Um, 
probably in my early 20s, late teens perhaps, and I realized the Beatles really are the greatest band of all time. Not only was I filled back with the vigor of Beatlemania, it was... It was that that same vigor I had, that same vigor I had as a child, except tenfold. And uh, every year now, my Spotify rap, the Beatles are number one, and I am a Beatles, uh, a Beatles bit of a Beatles nut, bit of a Beatles nut, I guess you could say. Rudy, what's your Beatles story? I was gonna say, Rudy, how'd you get into rap? Whenever I was a young boy. Uh... And I was getting ready for school. I was very slow. My father would just scream at me, uh, get up, get out of bed, drag a comb across your head. <laughs> yes. And that was really my only exposure beyond um, Two Monkeys Fucking in the Road or whatever that John Lennon song was. I'm pretty sure Paul sing it, sings that song. That. Yeah, it's Paul singing it. They were in Rishikesh. Rishikesh? Yeah. On their no, retreat. It's pronounced with, Maharishi. With the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And they saw Two Monkeys Fucking in the Road. And... Um, they said, oh, why don't we just do And George looked at him and said, Sunday's on the phone with Monday, Tuesday's on the phone with me. <laughs> Which is funny because they also saw an Indian family taking a shit in the street right next to the monkeys, but they left that on the cutting room floor for the Beatles' wide album. Uh, so now that we've got the Beatles... <sighs> Look, if, if you're one... Let me, let me say this. If, if you're one of the, the people out there that just say, you know, like, Beatles are mayo, soy boy music, and, and that they're overrated, like... Everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? But I, I the Beatles, I, I think they're so important because, like, they are properly rated. But, 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 but more so. And for, forgive the step in if you think I'm wrong, but they captured the ethos of like they were in the right place at the right time but they catch they they capture this certain ethic right they capture this like this the last I, and maybe i'm reading too much into it right but like the last mimsy <laughs> like the last ideas of like you know post war europe right you get into post war europe like in the last 40 years you've had world war 1 the the global you know economic catastrophe that we refer to as the Great Depression in the United States, right? You have World War Two. You have the rise of fascism. You have the rise of this like Stalinism. You have you have like all of these like very negative factors. Just like like hundreds of thousands of people dying, starving, all that. Where does Pepsi Lay come into this? You can horse yourself. Um, Rudy was Jones. It was chomping in the bit for that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But but you have with this the rise of popular culture. You have with this the rise of TV, the rise of mass media, and it, and it all comes together. And it's just like in the beginning, yes, it's 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 just four kind of quirked out Zoe Deschanel type boys singing about like holding hands and things like that, right? But but I think as it goes on, like they were, uh, and I and I feel like such a fucking boomer for this, but like they were they were the canvas of like the moments of that generation, right? Like like they they exemplified like all of those like big ideas that the boomer generation and that first modern last gasp of like positivity was dealing with, like the concepts of like like maybe maybe if we extend beyond ourselves and try to love one another, we can make a difference. And really, with the end of the Beatles, it's like the end of that dream right and ultimately it was a dream that was deferred and never recaptured right uh we've we've had a lot of conversations before about this tristan but like um 
I forget which Beatles said it, but they all wanted to get back together, but never at the same time. Yeah. Right. John said that. And 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 the, the sad thing is, it's like all of those ideas that the Beatles kind of like represent to so many different people like the idea of just like unbridled joy unbridled mm-hmm. positivity peace love like a connection to one another um um people being eaten by tigers mm-hmm. uh all of those ideas that like the beatles kind of represented uh they are like deferred dreams that they could never like see realized because they were never on the same page and i think that's why the beatles really resonate with so many people it's just like we all love we live in a very pessimistic world right like the joker documentary said we live in a society but but we 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 all strive to to have a hope that maybe things could be better that we have to admit that they're getting better all the time because frankly they can't get much worse right but like it's real and and i think that like that joy that's in their music is what has made them so important for so long and and then we're not even getting into like the technical things of like how basically uh the beatles wrote all modern music and everything's just aping them after that but how do you guys feel about them kirk them crooked vultures <laughs> them crooked vultures one of my least favorite um mega groups what are those called mega groups now um super super, super groups. groups yeah uh for those keeping score at home that's the bass player from led zeppelin not the american john paul jones. Uh, not not the american uh boat captain john paul jones josh hom a uh, multi-instrumentalist from um guitar Queens hero three Age. yeah and guitar hero three and then david grohl and pete best they were a three-piece what about Paul McCartney? He wasn't in. He wasn't in. Did he do a song with them? I thought he was in. No, it was a three-piece. What does he have to do with them? Nothing. The no, only super group a Beatles a Beatle was in was he Traveling Wilburys. Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl have some sort of association, right? Aren't they buddies? They probably sing a song together. They probably page. friends, but he wasn't in them Crooked Vultures. Hmm. As far as you know. I'm sorry, I took us way off track, but... I forgot what question I asked to get that to elicit that response. We just, what was that? We were just talking about our Beatles stories. Can I ask a question? Uh, as uh, I'm sort of taking on the role of any audience members that may not uh, be as well immersed. Kevin in the doesn't Beatles. like the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, like it's not that I don't like them; I just don't know them uh, as well as you guys. I'm a big fan uh, of like Hard Day's Night. Uh, the film? No, the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know that film. Did did they make it? Yeah, it's a film. Black and the White. Beatles, it was their first film. The Beatles did, actually made a couple movies. They, really? Yeah. They did a four movie contract with United Artists. Huh? Yeah. It was and Hard Day's Night, Help, Magical oh. Mystery Tour, and Yellow Submarine. Oh, that's really cool. Then Let It Be was the final. That's actually the the Let It Be the album is the soundtrack of the film. The film has not been released. So, released at least. So I'm more of a fan of that uh tonal quality that they have so like is there early a, mid beatles i was gonna ask is there an era of the that Beatles? that was the end like, of early beatles like, like Friday's night and help that like was like that the more end like of, rock ish yeah okay. like um like early 60s like british pop music so where is where is that related to like big hits that's more like skiffle shit was the earlier like stuff. when did like eleanor rigby come out that came out that, that came out in 66 with revolver um before revolver was Rubber Soul, and Rubber Soul was the the, the transition, the transition album. to okay. we're not doing like teeny bopper shit anymore. Um, uh, Bob Dylan met them in '65, like and when intru- One Direction made Story of My Life, and introduced them to. I meant to horse it, but I actually <laughs> fart. Um, but uh, Bob Dylan met them in 1965, 
I think in England, uh, at some hotel, and he introduced them to marijuana. Okay. And in that same night, he told John Lennon, you guys make teeny bopper shit. You have what it takes to make good shit, like deep shit. So Paul, John heard that, and he wrote Norwegian Wood, which would later appear on Rubber Soul. Mm-hmm. And that was when the Beatles started entering the deep, the deep, the deeper uh, themes. Does that coincide with like their journey east? No, well, Journey East was in 67, 67 okay. The Beatles have seasons. Mm-hmm. In, in sixty six, they first utilized a sitar. We can, okay, we on, can, on, on, on they utilized sitar in their dishes. Yes, <laughs> very sir. funny. Uh, if, if if you want, we could just walk through like a brief chronological event. But like, sorry, the but, first use of a sitar was nineteen sixty five's Norwegian. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. No, with no. You. I, I originally said it was Steven, on Revolver in sixty six, but oh. it wasn't. It was sixty five with Oversoul. But like, I was going to say we could just go through a chronological order. But to kind of get to Rudy's point, the Beatles kind of go through seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. every like, album's a season. Well, after Help, every album's a season. Mm-hmm. But each of them are, are are pretty much based on like certain influences they have. Hard Day's Night is like the end of what I would call just like the Ed Sullivan Beatles. Okay. Yeah. So so like. Very, very, very quickly, like before the Ed Sullivan Beatles, there are um, like the Hamburg Beatles where they're toning in on their sound. But before that, do, do we want to do we want to do like a chronological thing? I, mean, I wasn't planning on it, but we can do it. Well, just to, to spice the seasons, basically, you have Skiffle Beatles. So you have the Quarrymen, and then they a couple of them meet in the Quarrymen. They become the Beatles. They get a contract to basically go play nightclubs in Hamburg, uh, Germany. in Germany. West Germany. And 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 um basically think at this time they're basically all on amphetamines mm-hmm. playing dingy Hamburg like clubs where they're like they were playing early sixties punk music. That sounds like, like very cool. Guys, they were all sweaty, yeah, going crazy GIs, on their instruments. Beatniks, yeah. Hopped up on, on amphetamines. And at this point in time, the Beatles are a five piece act. They are John Lennon, George Harrison, Paul McCartney, Stuart Sutcliffe, and Pete, Pete Best. Best. Now, there were three guitar players in the Beatles. There was John, who was the leader, the founder, the oldest member. Mm -hmm. There was Paul, who we had met in the Quarrymen. The oldest member in terms of being in the band, right? Yeah, yeah. Ringo was was the oldest Beatle. Well, Ringo's not in the band at this point. But but Paul met him in the Quarrymen, right? Mm -hmm. And... Paul went to the same high school. Paul was George's friend. George was friends with George, and George was kind of the best guitar player. George was friends with Paul. Yeah, yeah. You said George was friends with George. Did I say that? Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm getting excited. <laughs> George uh, likes ukuleles. I know. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, and then there was the bass player Stuart Sutcliffe, who was friends with John Lennon from art school, mm-hmm. and then kind of this well-known drummer from the Liverpool area in England named Pete Best. They all go to Hamburg. Whacked out on amphetamines, playing eight hours a day um, in these dingy clubs. And the long story short is Stuart Sutcliffe falls in love with another artist. He quits the band. Um, They come back to Liverpool, and that's when a guy named Brian Epstein comes into the picture. He was gay. What? Um, No relation to Jeffrey. Gay and Jewish. Can you explain who Brian Epstein was, Tristan? He was their manager. Wait, he was gay and Jewish and not related to Jeffrey? (laughs) His dad owned a record store, he, and, and lived, he worked at his dad's record store. And he li- and he worked in his dad's record store, mm-hmm. and it was kind of his job because being in maybe the th- second or third largest city in England yeah. at that time, mm. um, it was his job to like scout the local acts, see if there was anybody that like was coming up that maybe they needed to like feature in the store, or maybe like oh shit, I could manage them and make money. Mm-hmm. 
is people go and tell him you got to watch the Beatles. He goes to the Cavern Club, an iconic club in which Liverpool, I've been to, which Tristan's been to. He watches him play and immediately basically mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to be your manager. And at this point, he's like in his 20s. Yeah. Um, barely he was young when he died. He died, I think, in 67. How old was he relative to the members of the band at that time? He was probably a little older, and that's it. Like, not that I much imagine, older. Yeah. I mean, we're... I don't know off the top of my head. Were they probably in the late 30s. Were they, like the, uh, were they like fucking Eric Burden, where they were, like, 15 whenever they were playing these scenes? Or um, No. No. They, they were all born in the early 40s. I, I think the latest birth for the Beatles was 42. Okay. And this is, like, 60, 61. Okay. Doing this. When, when Paul introduced George to John, I want to say George was 15. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... And and I think at that point John was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so when they're in, I don't think there's a four year difference between them. I'm not sure. No. I might be wrong. And I'm and I apologize I think for the George listeners. George was born forty two. I used to know when I was younger all the birth dates. Um, within a three year margin. Yeah. Suffice it to say, he he gets them in with a record producer named George Martin, mm-hmm. who like is has a really cool career before yeah. this. He was he he drove a he, he flew a plane in World War Two. Dog fights and you know that's cool yeah and and basically under the caveat like hey um you guys are good Pete's not that good mm-hmm. um you the guys drummer. Have, you have got, you guys have recorded some stuff with Pete Best he's fine he's kind of interested in other stuff he's half in half out of the band you need a new drummer so they get basically just a pocket drummer from Liverpool he fits songs really well he's in another popular band and. Liverpool. His name, birth name, Richard Starkey. He goes by Ringo Starr, and those are the four Beatles that we all know, right? Um, Many John... people have said that if Ringo wasn't in the Beatles, he still would have been famous. Mm-hmm. Am I? He was very in demand in Liverpool at the time. Am for I drumming. correct in wondering why they replaced a drummer that was allegedly bad with a drummer that is universally made fun of? They because... make fun of him because they don't understand him. What about the Ringo thing... keeps time, Ring... and he plays simply. And it's so, what the Beatles need. What about the whole thing where they're he's at like the Neil press conference? Perth. He's not, you know, John Bonham. They were at, like no one, no one. So, so what you're that was is, th- that was created in, in the mid '80s. John never said that Beatle that George, oh, that, that Ringo wasn't the. That's uh, a false. Yeah, yeah. They okay. say John said in, in an interview that Ringo wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. That was made in the '80s. That was never said by John. So was there like legitimate respect yeah, while so, the band was going? So like rock music, right? You basically have two kinds of drummers. You have John Bonham, right, and Led Zeppelin, where Very they dominate good. the song, and like the the songs are really built around like those percussion parts, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have, and and I'm not saying this is an insult, Ringo Starr, which is he's a pocket drummer, and he mm. sits in the pocket of the song. He's he is an yeah. absolute servant to the song. He does everything that the song asks of him. He's not going to step out. And and like look at some of his famous drum fills. Like he, he, I'm not a professional drummer, but he he serves the songs and rolls with the bass so perfectly. By the way, who's playing bass in the Beatles right now? Paul switches to bass. So the lineup that we all know is George on main guitar, John sometimes playing piano later on, but uh, also playing guitar, and then Paul learns the bass and becomes the bass player, um, and Ringo on the drums. They record their first album all in one session. Please please me. Please please me. And that's when the first Ed Sullivan Beatles mm-hmm. era starts. Till they smoke weed with Bob Dylan. And then help. Well, sorry, they make Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul and then Revolver. I think they may have made help after they mean Bob Dylan, I'm not sure. Then the it kinda goes It was all happening so fast. They, they, they made all they released all these albums in seven years. Hmm. That's yeah. the other thing that people don't realize. 
all of the Beatles music comes out yeah. so fast. They, yeah. they released, I think, nine albums in, in, in seven years or ten albums in seven years, something like that, yeah. Um, they go to America, they make it, uh, well, before the weed, they go to America, they make it huge, they stop touring, they smoke weed, they go to the India. Shea Stadium in 60, late 65, early 66 was their last big concert. The crowds are so loud that they can't hear. They, they couldn't hear themselves. Ringo, um, one time they were being interviewed after a show, and they said to Ringo something like, "Oh, we really liked um, how you guys played, blah blah blah." And Ringo said, "We played that song." He was playing just a totally different song. He couldn't hear anything. Hell yeah, yeah. And so, when you're having to perform, perform under those conditions, it's it's it, it's there's no reason to anymore. No one can hear you. You can't hear yourself. So they stopped and they just went full on just into the studio. And then they go to India. In '68, they start dabbling with psychedelics. Although, although um, Paul uh, George had been into Eastern philosophy yeah. and, and and religion for a while before then, at least '65. Um, I don't mean this as a dig at the other three, but I think it's hard to argue that George is kind of the most intellectual Beatle. Mm-hmm. He's the most introspective Beatle, yeah, without a doubt. He spent a lot of his time thinking about not himself not in a narcissistic way but more of like a metaphysical way am i totally off base or was george was he a traveling wilbury for a time Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah. george jeff lynn of elo tom petty d sport local music roy orbison and did i say bob dylan and diana ross diana ross uh, I have a, I have a maybe dumb XXX question. Tentacion. Did they always have a uh, like a rotating vocalist position, or was there ever yeah. a dedicated vocalist for the Beatles? It was always either Paul or John, and mm-hmm. and, and they would let George do about one to two songs every album. Okay, and Ringo won if he was lucky. Here's the thing you need to remember about, especially what you were describing, is kind of like your favorite Beatles period, mm-hmm. like that, like classic Ed Sullivan, like boy band pop music Mm -hmm. is a lot of what makes it so special is the three-part harmonies that's Um, fair Ringo only harmonized two times uh, in in the Beatles recorded history would you like to tell everyone the two songs because his voice is so deep flying and what's the second one I I can't I forget what the second one is but the one is definitely flying um for a magical mystery tour 67 but basically they're John or Paul taking the lead the first harmony being the other one and then george coming in on the top mm-hmm. sometimes it gets lost in the mix but if you really sit and listen to those early beatles recordings it sounds so full especially on that somewhat primitive audio equipment yeah. because of how like their voices just fit so perfectly mm-hmm. together and it's hard it's hard to get that sound in the 60s now you can just layer track after track yeah. after track and even in the late 60s tristan and i were talking about this a couple days ago like ozzy osbourne with black sabbath he's such a big fan of layering his vocals yeah. right and you see that through in a lot of heavier music a, in the 70s a lot of the 80s. beatles Kurt layered. Cobain layered a lot of his vocals double track double track forgive yeah. me uh the beatles would do that a lot but what gives them such like that rich vibrant sound and what you're saying is like your favorite era it's just it's a lot of it is thanks to george and his just ability to be wherever they mm-hmm. needed him to be vocally in that mix i respect it do you find the two songs um so ringo yellow submarine ringo apparently sang lead on uh 11 Beatles songs yeah yeah um, so like um little help with my friends honey don't boys i want to be your man octopus's garden good night act naturally what goes on with a little help of my friends don't pass me by and yellow submarine mm-hmm he apparently wrote two of them. Um, Octopus's Garden yeah. and Don't Pass Me By. Correct. Yep. 
Ringo really liked country music. So whenever they would do like a Buck Owens cover in their earlier albums, it was always because of Ringo. Hmm. And Don't Pass Me By is also basically a country song as well from 1968's The Beatles, a.k.a. The White Album. It was very in vogue in the early 60s if you had a new hot act to get as much music out for them as you could mm. because a lot of people were like soup de, soup de jour flavor of the day, here today, gone tomorrow. So a lot of the early Beatles stuff is all covers. A lot yeah. of it is covers. But what they chose to cover is really fascinating. Like 1964's um, Beatles for Sale, that was a whole rushed album. They made that album just because they had to get music out. Hmm. Like yeah. a lot of... Never British- came out in America. A lot of British bands at that time, they would just, like, cover whatever was charting in America. Um, But the Beatles went pretty deep into a lot of 50s Americana music. Yeah, they loved Chuck Berry. They loved Elvis Presley. They loved Little Richard. They loved Little Mm. Richard, yeah. Um, Like, uh... But but even it, it, I think a lot of it has to do with their roots just as musicians. I mentioned it incredibly briefly and Tristan did as well. But the origins of the Beatles are in Skiffle. Yeah. And Skiffle is this sort of like um, almost I mean, how would you even describe it? Tristan? I always say it's like early rock and roll. It's like but, early um, rock and roll, but almost like like blue like yeah. with a bluegrass twist. OK, like. Like it's almost like it was really Skiffle was really popular in England. It's like proto rockabilly, mid to late fifties. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's almost how I would describe it. Yeah, right. and that's where George got his star with Skiffle. I think John maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three of them probably did. Not you know. And another and another Ringo, early early like before they become a rock band, another early Skiffle group was the Yardbirds. Yeah, mm-hmm. which Jimmy went Page. on and didn't Eric Clapton do a tour in the Yardbirds? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it was a very influential genre in Britain at the time. And plus, I mean, beyond that, like, they they all grew up in really eclectic households where music was held in really different regards, right? John grew up in a sort of a ritzier part of Liverpool. I went through his neighborhood when I was in Liverpool, and that was one of the only places I saw a Ford pickup truck in the neighborhood. Because those are import cars in England. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I I don't want to just bombard you guys with uh, with questions. Yeah, no, Uh, please. But I'm curious, anytime someone expresses like a deep love for a group or uh, a musician, I always like to ask if uh, if you found any like worst albums or least favorite songs from the Beatles. Yeah. Anything that you that you really don't feel that you resonate with uh, uh, come together. Yeah. I think it's one of the worst songs of all time. I hate it. I hate that song. I hate to mimic. I hate to mimic Tristan. But Come Together is probably one of my I least favorite Come Beatles Together. Songs. I just hmm. hate it. Everything about it, I, I hate, hate it. I hate that it's overplayed. I hate that every time I hear it, I think of the Aerosmith cover because I hate Aerosmith. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a shit song. I, Can we I all was... agree, fuck Steven Tyler? It, sure. It's a shit song and it opens a great album. Yeah. Abbey okay. Road, 69. That's uh, where I, they're walking. Also, I know that. Yes. Also, another, Steven doesn't agree with this. Also, from that album, another song that I hate, She's So Heavy. Hate that song. Sucks. I do disagree with that. It goes on way too long, and it becomes unbearable at the end. Um, for me, for me, I was trying to think earlier of like, because uh, the Beatles got canceled a couple times. John like, said they were bigger than Jesus Christ when they were in America, which was really bad. The Americans did not take kindly to it. Oh, think, okay. think Cold War America. Yeah. They didn't yeah. go over that. The, the Beatles were also accused of being communists and stuff, which is also is still a sentiment with some Christian groups, and it's still I don't to this doubt day. It. I can totally see that. Funny thing, yeah, but they uh, they weren't Marxists. Speaking, well, no, I'm just saying I can of, see that perspective. Yeah, at like that point in American speaking history. Speaking of Christians with the Beatles, uh, my one of my first Beatles stories was when I was in third grade. I had gotten to the Beatles. My teacher. Uh, at the time, I wore a Beatles t-shirt to school. I went to Bell's, and I said, Mom, can I please have this Beatles t-shirt? And she said, yeah, Stephen, sure. Um, and I wore it, and my teacher, 
uh, and I was sitting next to a kid who had just moved from Tennessee, and we became instant friends because he said, I love the Beatles. His name was Josh. Um, he loved the Beatles, and he loved the Lord of the Rings movie that Hell had just yeah. come out. So we were, like, really good buddies. Um, my my teacher said, um, you can't like the Beatles, Stephen. They did drugs, and they they hated God. Damn. I went to a public school. Based. That's sick uh, as shit. They did drugs and hated God. Based alert. And I remember getting so angry, like, hot in the face, and I said, Miss Bleep, the Beatles did not do drugs. <laughs> they did not do drugs. They were, like, good people. I was in drug denial, too, by the Beatles when I was younger. Yeah. I, but, um... I, I was trying to think of why why would uh, the the Beatles get uh, canceled today, um, or maybe songs I don't like. I really don't like Revolution that much. <laughs> I love Revolution. I yeah, love no, I, don't. I I love the George guitar parts. Um, Re- Revolution is that the duop one or is Revolution one the duop one? I think revolution, there's three revolutions. Yeah, because there's revolution number nine, oh, really? which is get behind which is, me, Satan. Yeah. What's the one with like the really overdriven guitar? That's, That's revolution one. Is it revolution one? Is the best. Revolution is a duop version, I think of it. Yeah, I really enjoy like. I like the, yeah, yeah. I like the guitar parts on the over the overdriven one. I just I don't know. It was John being a and, little and too preachy also, for me. Also, John kind of squashes the the Marxist. Uh, rumor because he kind of talks yeah. about Chairman Mao. Yeah. You're yeah. going to make it anywhere, anyhow. You know, um, pictures of Chairman Mao. I'm whenever I was a kid, anyway. I thought he was saying German Mao. Whenever I got to history <laughs> class, it was a fucking awakening. <laughs> That's really funny, Rudy. I just, I, because I, I listened. I was exposed to a lot of the Beatles as a kid. Yeah. Um, because I grew up in a home where before I started listening to like Zeppelin and Sabbath because I was just such a quirky kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of like Elton John, David Bowie, yeah. Beatles, um, and I had like an iPod, mm-hmm. and I would spend all my allowance on like, getting like fucking iTunes yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Revolution was one of them. Uh, and I just remember thinking, oh wait, I've heard about a Mao guy. Was he part <laughs> of like the Axis? Because really they funny. said he's German. You thought he was a Nazi? Yeah, I was German Mao. Well, I I all I was gonna say was um. Rubber Soul is one of my favorite Beatles records. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorite. And I hate the last track on it, uh, "Run for Your Life." I hate it. I think it's only in America. It, it's track. in Britain and in America. I just looked it up. It's last track yeah. on both. Yeah, uh, it's, the opening songs aren't the same. No, uh, I think I've There's just a seen... big thing between U.S. releases and British releases. So basically, uh, releases. really interesting. They couldn't just fucking decide to do the same for both. Yeah. I can't remember why, but um, in in. Uh, in all markets except for North America, Rubber Soul opens with Drive My Car, mm-hmm. which cool. Drive My Car and then Norwegian Wood, that hits yeah. you in the face. This is a different Beatles, right? Um, in America, it's I've Just Seen a Face, yeah. which is maybe their closest to like old Beatles mm-hmm. song on oh, yeah. Rubber Soul. But Run For Your Life is this John Lennon number that was really influenced by like kind of divorced country music of the 50s there's mm-hmm. a certain song that it's based on i can't remember like loosely based around but it's basically john lennon saying if you leave me i will kill you yeah sick you tell me was gonna kill her like i'd rather see a dead little john lennon with another man john lennon's cover of uh psycho by eddie nowak <laughs> <going Yeah. very laughs> well. deep cut that's good but, um, i think i'm psycho mama, mama. Good song. 
are are either of these pressings like ubiquitously more or less rare or sought after? Well, there is one Beatles record which is incredibly sought after that I will never see in my life. Do you want to explain that, Tristan? So the Beatles released a singles album. Another time they got canceled. Mm Because back in those days, there were unofficial albums that were released by the label. They were just singles, you know? There's like the Beatles' second album, which isn't in the canon of Beatles studio releases. It's a okay. singles, but like it got, singles, or like they had that released them B-sides. all. Besides, yeah, they had released like, them all in Britain, and then they got big in America, and they were just yeah. like, we need to put this out on a record and send yeah. it to so America. Chronologically, it's their second, but if you were to look at their discography, it would not show as of such. their studio album. Okay. It's not going to be in there because um, of radio play at that time. So much stuff just got released as singles. Okay, and and so they released a, an album called Yesterday and Today. Which the original album cover featured them, the four boys wearing like um, butcher clothes, the mm-hmm. big white coats, and bloody dead baby doll parts all over their body. That's edgy for that. Very time. edgy for like 1965, and that was a bit of a kind of a bit of an uproar after that because it was so bizarre and so gross and so gruesome. Hmm. So uh, what happened was they just put a huge sticker. A, bit, a 12 by 12 sticker over it with a new album cover on it. Hmm. And so if you can find an untouched Butcher butcher album, it's very expensive. And if you can find one with a sticker on it, still pretty expensive. Hmm. Um, in many Beatles forums, there are formulas people have created uh, to spray on there to slowly peel oh, off really? the sticker. To, to retrieve your original. It's very hard. Wow. It'll never look pristine. Well, I was going to say, even if it's mint... Like as as the ravages yeah. of time go on, it's, it's been stuck on there for fifty six right. years. You know what I mean? Like it's it's gonna be hard to get the off. acetone or whatever in the glue is just yeah. like eating asbestos. Yeah. But that was all a, a big uproar with the Beatles as well. Was the Butcher album? Hmm. Yeah. Was it? I'm sorry. Was it called the Butcher album? Or was yesterday it? and today? Oh, I'm sorry. Butcher album was the unofficial title. Got it. Yeah. With a lot of money, guys. I'm starting to like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to hear, Rudy. Well, like I would encourage like our listeners out there, like if if. I, if you've never heard of the Beatles, maybe give them a shot. People no, want to be edgy. And they want to say the Beatles aren't very good. But if you only know the Beatles as, like, I want to hold your hand, the Beatles, there's a lot of music out there. And if you only know the Beatles as, like, uh, LOL, I am the walrus, or band that guy from Imagine was in, like, mm-hmm. ch- check them out. I mean, like, they'll, they'll surprise you with their range. Like, the music that they made in the beginning is so disparate and f- and different and far away and varied mm. from the music that they were making at the end of the Beatles. And and there's 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 really regardless of what genre of music you like, there's probably a song that I could show you that you would like that they made. And and are you okay? Bless you. I was trying um, to stifle my sneeze. To the be polite. Beatles 65 to 69. It is peak music. It is so the best music starting ever with created. Rubber Soul, ending with Abbey Road. Yeah, are you saying I don't there? count Let It Be. That was released after they were. That's a posthumous release for the Beatles. Because, like Tristan said, it was supposed to be part of another movie. Yeah, the documentary of them the very, out. very, very messy breakup, which has been covered many. And mm-hmm. we can get into it if you want, Rudy. But it's been covered many times in many places. But, I thought it was because uh, George shot John on his steps or whatever. No. Uh, yeah, for a you know what? Let's, let's 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 do this. Let's real let's, quick, just because you mentioned. Well, I was going to talk more about the Beatles. Um, 65, 69. 67 to sixty-nine is really just in terms of production uh, arrangement, mm-hmm. unparalleled to anything 
and uh, it'll never be topped. So let's see. That's it's the best music ever made. Forgive me if I'm if I my my order's out of place. Sixty seven, sixty nine. That's Sergeant Pepper. Magical Mystery Tour. You can flip flop those. I'm not sure which one came uh, out first. And then Those'll Abbey Road. And then and White Album. White Album. Yeah. White Album. And Abbey also Road. Yellow Submarine, which is an oh, official yeah. studio album. Yeah. Um, which that's everyone's put, least favorite album. I, it's it's a you good album. You have All Too Much, which is one of Hair Beatles songs. It's the first acid rock song ever made. Um, I'm looking at the track listing. And it's been a while. you have Hey Bulldog. That's a great song. You have All Together Now. You have Nowhere Song. Nowhere Man. Only a Northern Song. Nowhere Man came out on Rubber Soul, Steve. Oh, you're, I'm sorry. Um, it's only in the a, film. It's only in the a film. Northern, I know. Only a Northern Song is also on Yellow Submarine. But Yellow Submarine, the actual song, came out in 66, one year, uh, two years before, on Revolver. And uh, Bud, maybe the most famous Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. That is. Like, I... It's, yeah, what is there? But, but Do you guys crazy. know their song with the most plays or most? Uh, uh, right. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Oh, that yeah. checks out. That's the most famous Beatles yeah. song of all and, time. And it's usually what people the say movie. is their yes, their most favorite Beatles song. Yeah. Hmm. Um, a George song. Real quick, <sighs> just because you mentioned it and disparaged it, Stephen. Uh, Confession to make one of my favorite songs. Whatever I was a whatever I was a wee boy was I in the Walrus. I like. I mean, it's it's, it's it's a good song. It's good. Nineteen sixty psychedelia. I thought it was fun and kooky, and also uh, being like a. I think I was like under ten. Uh, hearing uh, yellow muddy custard dripping out of dead dogs. Yeah, eye, I was like, yeah. this is edgy. It's good shit. Hell yeah. And and a lot of people point to that era, and they're just like, oh, LSD music, and it's like, sure, mm. them and every other band that was making music then, but it. <sighs> They do it better than everybody else. Exactly. They do it better than everybody else, and they still manage to make songs that like, uh, like, mean so much mm-hmm. and sound like like uh, uh, so magical mystery tour. Right? You have I am the walrus. Right? Uh, but you also have Strawberry Fields Forever on that record, mm-hmm. and uh, like obviously I tried to parody at the beginning, right? But but it's such a beautiful beautiful song and it, it's it's john talking about his childhood yeah it's john talking about yearning for a time that can never be again which is so quintessentially human and then in response right? to that paul wrote penny lane which is him talking about his childhood mm. i've been on penny lane thank you sir and and it's unique like most of the beatles songs like like of course here comes the sun is a george harrison song octopus garden ringo wrote that it's a great song one of my favorites actually. which helped him put it together is that um, the same album that lucy in the sky with diamonds is on what? Loose in the Sky with Diamonds came on... Like that, like, psychedelic phase. That was 67 with Sgt. Pepper's... It's, it, but remember, like, they, they put out five albums in three years here, mm-hmm. so that's a lot of music. Yeah. John writes incredibly... A lot of their songs are credited Lennon-McCartney, but you can tell really clearly when Paul wrote most of mm-hmm. it or when John wrote most of it. John often writes these, like, really beautiful songs that aren't really, like concrete they just like take you to a place and some people detract paul for this but i really like paul for this paul tells stories yeah mm-hmm. george and john weren't huge fans of the stories john will write strawberry fields forever and it's all about a feeling that he's putting in your heart right like it's like um you know living is easy with eyes closed misunderstanding all you see it's getting hard to be someone but it all works out it doesn't matter much to me like that's just a beautiful thing to say right penny lane 
Paul is taking you on the street. The fireman, the barber, and yeah. the, in, in his in his pocket is a portrait of the queen. Mm-hmm. And the, I love that line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the driver never wears a mac in the pouring mm-hmm. rain. Like it just a, very a, strange. An, an old British guy walking around without a raincoat in yeah. the middle of a rainstorm, and you can picture a small Paul just like walking down the street, home from school, mm-hmm. and here are all of the the funny characters in the neighborhood, right? Um, and you have those like beautiful george martin and that's a thing about george martin like like had worked in world war ii as it served in the in the, the raf but beyond that like he had spent a good like 10 15 years just recording all sorts of different kinds mm-hmm. of music mm-hmm. specifically orchestral music so when the there Beatles, was there was the george martin orchestra when the Beatles, uh. when the beatles start to expand their sound they start to make this like beautiful for lack of a better phrase what was going on in america at the time baroque pop they mm-hmm. incor- like brian wilson type shit they incorporate the strings they incorporate these beautiful no one loves a french horn more than george martin it's true. and 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 you can think about it in the pen- penny lane that also um what's the i heard the news today oh boy a day in the life right? exactly like yeah. that's got like that whole orchestral swell mm-hmm. in it yeah and and it's just like I, like I said earlier with the LSD comment, like, yes, other people were doing it. No one did it as good as them. No one did it as good as them. In between takes at Abbey Road um, uh, in 67, Paul would listen to the Beach Boys' pet sounds on a portable record player. And it inspired him so much. He said for Penny Lane that he wanted an American sound. And so usually they would record all of the brass and orchestral instruments together. Mm-hmm. Um, but George Martin decided to do it the American way and recorded it one instrument at a time with overdubs. Mm-hmm. And, and like... Just a little more about Penny Lane. Uh, Brian Wilson's the closest in my book to anyone coming close to the... Be- like Jeff... Yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Lynn... Always ELO. We're going to talk about ELO yeah. for a second. If you listen, if you listen to ELO, it sounds like someone trying to make Beatles music, yeah. and it's because Jeff Lynne was trying to make Beatles music. Hmm. Uh, uh, he was a huge Beatles fan, and that was the whole thing he was going and for. And became best friends with George. And they were in the traveling Wilburys together, obviously. Um, um, George had a lot of friends. A lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, made it around the yeah. circuit. Really good guy. Um, also, Jeff Lynne's in the When We Was Fab music video, mm-hmm. um, but. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't really know how to say it. Like, Brian, Brian's the closest that anyone gets to just having, like, his finger on the pulse of, like, what good music is. Yeah. But, um, fuck, dude. I could just talk about the... It's, you know, the, the, they say the Beach Boys were the American Beatles, but really Brian Wilson was the American Beatles, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because Brian Wilson, what... Yeah, they just took, you know, they just followed Brian, his yeah. lead. You know what I mean? Well, the, the, oh, the, I'm The so- other Beach Boys, Al Jardine and... I'm sorry. I thought. I thought. Uh, fucking. Never mind. Uh, who. Who was the guy on? Um, that said. Uh, Carl was the leader. <laughs> oh, it was Jack Riley, their They're, manager yeah. at the time. He made Carl the leader of the band, which is very strange. Very, very strange. strange. All right. Um, did Rudy, you, did you direct us in a, a way with your question? No, I was, I'm just asking questions, man. Rudy, uh, can you please give me a Beatles? We're, we're about to come up on one hour of Beatles talk. Is that we, true? Yeah, yeah, we're at 57 minutes. This is going to be the easiest podcast to edit in my entire life. And this is what I want for the Beatles episode. No segments, just 
talking about the Beatles. And that's what we've done. And and listeners, I hope you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. But I, I gotta say, sometimes it just feels really good to sit with your friends and talk about something you like. Yeah, I really recommend it because when we're not recording, when when the lights are off in the horse house and we're settling down in the stable for the evening, this is basically what we do when we hang out. Yeah, it's not always about especially the me and Stephen. <laughs> we just talk about when you just. This 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 sounds very dumb to say it out loud, but like when you just get together with friends and talk about stuff you like, yeah, it's so good. It feels so good. I'm just really happy to be here, and I hope you're happy to listen. I like the Beatles now. <laughs> no, but like our, it's a success story. Like Rudy, we have it, it's okay to have different tastes, obviously. Yeah, but no, but, I wasn't disparaging. But to you. like speak to the listener through you, like I I hope that maybe you go and you check some stuff out. Where do you have prepared a Beatles trivia uh, questionnaire for me? I do. Me, uh, as the web administrator of UsefulTrivia.com, mm-hmm. uh, have released a quiz. Are uh, we both taking it or just you, Tristan? Um, we'll cross over when we get to it. Okay. I was going to say you two could... Um, if I can't get it, Stephen passes off to Stephen. I was okay. going to say that you two could argue over both of your final answer. Like, it, it, okay. uh, you would both have a final answer to okay. give me I will and you can say, debate. I will okay. say that you've, you're, you're probably going to do really well in this. All right. Question number one. What was the last song John Lennon played for a paying audience? A paying audience. Imagine. Just in terms of solo? In terms of, okay. that's the question, okay. Tristan. Okay. I made the quiz. I don't know shit about it. Okay. Do we have choices? Imagine. I saw her standing there. Benny and the Jets, or across the universe. I want to say Benny and the Jets. Really? I, w- I was going to say I know him in in the mid seventies because because John Lennon kind of dropped out in the mid seventies to mm-hmm. be with uh, Sean and stuff and yeah. Yoko. Um, and I know that in the mid seventies at Madison Square Garden he performed with Elton John. He did. You're right. <laughs> so it's really as, kind as, of... as a contrarian, I'm gonna say. Uh, I he... saw her standing there as a Paul song too. I, I'm gonna say he did across the universe. I'm going I can Benny you, and the Jets. I can give you guys a big hint if you want. Not, uh, sure. Because I did pre-screen the quiz a little bit. Yeah. Um, I got this one correct. Mm, so it's not Benny and the Jets. Let's. With my smooth brain understanding of the Beatles, I think probably imagine. You say imagine, I'll go with across the universe, okay? Well, you have to argue over what answer you'll submit to me. No, because we each have our own answer. Okay. Because because you're 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 so saying So what am I what am I inputting? You're you're saying smooth brain, it's imagine, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying like across the universe, it's a it's a beautiful John song and it's a great way to close out a night at the theater. I'm the host. Okay. What is your answer? Imagine. Fuck! Steven guesses across the universe? Really? What is it? I'm so sorry. Was it Bang in the Jets? Bless you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anticipation. Uh, it was I Saw Her Standing There. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay, next one. John Lennon played I Saw Her Standing There in Madison Square it. Garden yeah. on Thanksgiving Gay. <laughs> Thanksgiving Gay. November Breaking news. Thanksgiving's Gay. 1974 when he took the stage at an Eldon John concert. Wow. Yeah. It was the last song Lennon would ever perform for a paid audience. Wow. 74. Only four years after the Beatles officially broke up it's the only live duet ever recorded between the two artists well and that's that's on god on god and that's uh, no is, is that nine years before he dies 74 or six years he died in 80 oh for some reason i was in 83 no 80 man he never got to see raiders of the lost ark never got to see 9-11 in his beloved city that he called home 
All right. Which beetle crossed Abbey Road first? John. John. He was God in the uh, lineup. Oh my God, he's God. Okay. What Beatles song was written for Mia Farrow's sister? For Dear no Prudence. One. He beat me. Do you want the facts? Yeah, sure. She was in Rishi Cash with them on the tree, retreat. Tristan just, uh, he acted like you wanted me to rush through. I just didn't know if you guys actually How many questions are like 40? There's like uh, 12. <laughs> okay, it's fine. There's nine. Go on. All right, don't be, don't be this way. Just go on. All right. Who was the first Beatle to get married? Well, I, I wanted to know the... Oh. The Beatles met Mia and Prudence Farrow while visiting the Maharishi Mahesh Yoga Yogi in the summer of 1967. Wow. Prudence became obsessed with the meditative process and spent almost all of her free time in meditation. The others began to worry about her, and John wrote Dear Prudence Won't as a come out to play for her to come out and play with the rest of the group. She did. Um, so the next question is, who was the first Beatle Ringo. to get married? The first Beatle to get married. Does Stuart Sutcliffe count? Uh, your no. options are Paul, no. John, George, and Ringo. Uh, actually, I'm going with... I think John married Cynthia before everyone else married anyone. George might have gotten married to his first wife really young. I can't remember. I'm going with John. Correct. Boom. John Lennon became the first Beatle to settle down when he married Cynthia Powell on August oh. 23rd, 1962, after finding out she was pregnant. Wow. He would later divorce her and marry Yoko Ono. Who was the original drummer for the Beatles? Uh, Barack Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama. Shit, okay. I wasn't retaining anything you guys said. Was it Best or Sutcliffe? Best. Stuart Sutcliffe played the bass. And on all accounts, was a really cool guy. He died of cancer several years after Rip. he left the band. He was replaced by Ringo Starr only a few days before the Beatles recorded their first hit and single, Love Me Do. Yep. All right, next one. Which of the Beatles did some fans... That's phrased incorrectly. Which of the Beatles uh, did some fans believe had died and been replaced by a double? Oh, Barack Obama. We all know that. I've talked about it enough. Well, I, I mean, read that fact. Tristan even uh, alluded to it, talking about uh, John being the priest on the Abbey Road cover. Yeah. Like, like if you want to get into the Paul is dead scenario, there's so... And it's been discussed so many other places. This mm-hmm. isn't serial. Listen to another podcast. Yeah. What band did Ringo leave to join the Beatles? Oh, do we have options? You do, if you would like them. Yes. Rory Storm in the Hurricanes, Johnny in the Moondogs, Tony Sheridan in the Beat Brothers, Rory it's Storm in the Hurricanes, yes, or Alan Caldwell in the Stony Craft Storm. It's Rory, Rory in the Hurricanes. Shortly after being signed to EMI's Parlophone label, the Beatles dismissed drummer Pete Best and replaced him with Ringo Starr, who left Rory Storm and the Hurricanes to join them. Boom. And I agreed with what Tristan said earlier and what many people have said before. Ringo would have been famous even yeah, if he wasn't in the way. Beatles. For what crime was Paul McCartney deported from Germany? We, oh, um, and f- public drunkenness? Can we get... Can we get yeah, pop- what was it? Robbery, prostitution, assault, or arson? Ro- arson. It's been so long since I read that really famous Beatles doc, uh, uh, biography. Uh, with arson. I'll say robbery. Arson. Boom. McCartney and Pete Best were arrested and deported for arson in 1960 mm-hmm. after they set fire to a condom in a concrete corridor. Uh, that rules, dude. 
Uh, but like I said, when you're when you're on like a 36 hour death bender, <laughs> when you're on that that Blitzkrieg shit, that's you just, sick uh, of shit. You're just taking Stuka pills and burning condoms. Dibs, by the way. <laughs> what was the working title of "With a Little Help from My Friends"? Uh, my favorite possible title for a song: "That's a Nice Hat," <laughs> <laughs> "Granny Smith," "Bad Finger Boogie," or "Auntie Jim Jin's Theme." That's a nice hat. Auntie Jin's theme. I'm going to try That's a Nice Hat as Tristan is the host. Incorrect. Fuck. Now I'm going to try Auntie boogie. Jin's theme. It, it, was bo- it was Badfinger Boogie. Also incorrect. It was Badfinger Boogie. Badfinger Boogie is no. correct. I should have went with that first. Yeah. The working title of Badfinger Boogie came out about uh, came about because John Lennon had been forced to rely on his middle finger when playing the song's huh. piano part, having That's injured his forefinger. That's interesting. From Finger Banging Yoko. All right, uh, and this is the last question on page one. That's of the, the sound she makes. When I need she more trivia. Yeah, she poopy. Uh, I also, boys, just so you know, there's more where this came from. I misread the nine at the top of the page to mean nine questions. It's nine pages of ten questions. If Let's go. <laughs> Question ten, last of page one. Which of the following songs contributed to the rumor that Paul had died? Hey Jude, Strawberry Fields Forever, Yesterday, or Penny Lane. Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Fields. I buried in the mi- in the in the very disparate mix at the end. There's yeah. John says, but John claimed it said cranberry sauce. Yeah. Well, it's my understanding that John can be heard mumbling what sounds like "I buried Paul," which helped fuel the Paul's dead rumors. John would later claim that he was actually saying cranberry sauce. I'm <laughs> more, more. Do you want more? Is this good content? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Ten more. Why did George... Actually, do you want to... Assuming these go in order of difficulty, do you want me to skip let's to just keep, let's one just of the farther pages? Lightning round. Let's keep okay. going. Why did George Martin make the Beatles re-record Please Please Me? It was too slow. The lyrics were too explicit. The drumming was subpar. Or John Lennon was sick. John Lennon was sick. I feel like he was. He was not. Well, Explicit. Was it? it doesn't tell me. If you'd like to take another whack, you can. Explicit. Incorrect. It was too slow. Huh. You had an ear for music. We came ahead. After Martin suggested re-recording Please Please Me at a faster tempo, he accurately predicted you've just made your first number one. Lightning round. Yeah, don't don't read the answer. What Beatles wanna... album was Phil Spector brought in to salvage? Revolver, Abbey Road, White Album, Let It Be. Let It Be. Correct. Which album required over 700 hours of recordings? Sgt. Pepper's, White Album, Abbey Road, Let Sergeant It Be. Sgt. Pepper's. Correct. In what Beatles song did George Harrison first play the sitar? I'm looking through you, across the universe, within you, without you, or Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood. Who zapped Bungalow Bill right between the eyes? Captain Marvel, Captain America, Captain Hook, or Captain Howdy? Captain Marvel. Captain Howdy's from The Exorcist. What is the only song John Lennon recorded completely by himself during his time with the Beatles? In my life, Julia, only a northern song, or mother? Julia. Julia. Who took Ringo's place on drums when he temporarily quit the band during the recording of the White Album? Charlie Watts, Paul McCartney, Pete Best, or Phil Collins? Uh, uh, do it again. Charlie Watts, Paul McCartney, Pete Best, or Paul Phil McCartney. Collins? Correct. What was the name of the Beatles' manager? Klaus Foreman, George Martin, Billy Preston, Brian Epstein. Brian, Brian Epstein. Epstein. Klaus Foreman did the artwork for Revolver. Mm-hmm. Which pop artist designed played the cover? Bass on most of their solo Lightning albums. round. Which pop artist designed the cover of the White Album? Klaus Foreman. Oh, wait. No. Pop. Okay, go on. Peter Blake, uh, Eduardo Palazzi. Richard Hamilton or Andy Warhol? Richard Hamilton. Where, where were the Beatles originally formed? Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Next page. 
Sporkle. I skipped to page nine. Who is mentioned in You Know My Name? Look up the number. Denise O'Bell, Georgie Wood, Desmond Jones, or Miss Lizzie? Georgie Wood. Miss Lizzie? Den- Denise O'Bell. Yeah, fuck that. What kind of hammer did Maxwell Edison have? Silver. Silver. Bang, bang. Who screamed from the gallery in Maxwell's Silver Hammer? Rose and Valerie, Joan Rose Mountain. and Valerie, screaming from the gallery. Maxwell. Lightning round. Maxwell what, what does Mr. Mustard keep up his nose? A spoon, some clothes, money, or seeds? Money. Keeps a ten by fold up his nose. Keeps a ten. ten yeah. Okay. Lightning round. Such a dirty How long man. is the book in paperback writer? Wait. Sorry? How long is the book in paperback writer? Is based on a Lightning round. What are the options? Oh, yeah. 800 pages, 300 pages, 1,000 pages, or 500 pages? 800. 500. Fuck me. 300. 1,000. Got him. If you're down, who will pick you up? Dr. Martin, Dr. Robert, Dr. Dr. Thomas, or Dr. William? Dr. Robert. Who plays the French horn solo on For No One? (sighs) Alan Civil, Paul McCartney, Dale Clevenger, or William Purvis? I think it's Alan Civil. Paul told him it was... He didn't want... Yeah, go on. Do you want more? Yeah. yeah. Who inspired, if our listeners don't like this, they don't like the horse house. <laughs> Who inspired John Lennon to write Across the Universe? Yoko Ono, Paul McCartney, Julia Lennon, or Cynthia Lennon? Julian Lennon? Is that, was that an option? Julia. Ju- um, go, uh, Yoko? Perhaps, perhaps it's a typo. Let's go Yoko. Julia was his mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oof. What was it? Cynthia. What Beatles Why? song do you want to do you want the fact? Yeah. One night, gonna change my world. One night in nineteen sixty seven, the phrase words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup came to Lennon after hearing his then wife Cynthia, according to Lennon, going on and on about something. Later, after she'd gone to bed, he went downstairs and turned it into a song. Hmm. Wow. So his wife was just fucking droning on and he wow. was like, Yeah, I got a hit. Yeah, it sounds like a woman. Sounds like a wife. Sounds like my wife. What my Beatles? wife. What Beatles song was released 25 years after the band's breakup? Freeze a bird. What group topped the UK charts with a cover of Jealous Guy? Roxy Music, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Agrolites, or Echo and the Bunnymen? Rocky Music. Correct. <laughs> Which Beatle wrote, If I Needed Someone? Oh, Towns Van Zandt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I need an answer. Let's go, John. Uh, George? George was correct. Wow, good job, Stephen. Thank you. He wrote it as a love song to Patty Boyd. Mm-hmm. What Beatles song was voted worst song of all time in a 2004 poll? Mr. Moonlight. <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road? Octopus's Garden, Revolution 9, or Opladee? Revolution, Revolution 9. Incorrect. <gasps> I know the answer. No, it's got to be the answer that any normal person that isn't a Beatles fan would give. What was it again? Oh, no, I was wrong. It's not Octopus's Garden. Octopus's Garden is a great song. It's a good song. Everyone hates Octopus's Garden. Where have you been? That's such a fucking fucking stupid. Listen. (laughs) Fuck that! What? Did George and John vote in that poll? It was voted the worst song of all time in a 2004 online poll organized by Mars Incorporated. CNN journalist Todd Leopold. 
Pepsi Lay? CNN journalist Todd Leopold reported in 2006 that Lennon loathed the song. Yeah, because Paul wrote it. Yeah. How many and he just started doing shit like that. Oh, yeah, Stephen, that's big talk for someone that may or may not know how many holes were there in Blackburn, Lancashire. A thousand. Four thousand holes. Four thousand holes. Four thousand holes. Correct. Which Beatle wrote a song about Sailor Sam? Paul McCartney. In Suffragette. Correct. Jet. What are the last words spoken in Strawberry Fields Forever? Cranberry sauce. <laughs> Cranberry sauce. So I buried Paul and cranberry sauce are both options. Uh, cranberry sauce. Okay. I was gonna say, what if the test was just really woke? Yeah. Where did Rocky Raccoon live? The Black, Black Mountain Hills, Hills of Dakota. Dakota. Another song that people hate for no fucking reason. Yeah, that's a good song. I really like that song. That was inspired by Bob Dylan. I always forget that's a Beatles song. Yeah. Uh, what is Lovely Rita's job? She's a mermaid. Where would I be without you? Give us a wink. Do you want more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What item from the Sgt. Pepper album cover was auctioned off for £670,000 in 2008? The drum skin. The drum head. Clarinet, bass drum, trumpet, or French horn? Drum. The bass drum. Yeah. What Beatles song ends with a chord played on three different pianos and a harmonium? A Day in the Life. A Day in the Life. You can hear one of the <laughs> one of the piano um, chairs creaking towards oh, really? the end. Yeah. What other band was recording at Abbey Road Studios in 67 while the Beatles Pink were recording Floyd. Sgt. Pepper's? Correct. Oh, that's fun. Uh, Pink Floyd's drummer Nick Mason recalls taking a break from the recording of Piper of the Gates of Dawn to watch the Beatles laying down Lovely Rita. <laughs> that's so cool. That's what so the cool. fuck? How'd they let him in there? He would later admit yeah, they were Floyd. like godlike figures to us. Yeah. And that w- Piper of the Gates of Dawn is Sid Barrett's last record, uh-huh. right? I believe so. What member of the Beatles? Saucer Full Secrets was that before Piper's? Uh, I want to say it was yeah. one of their. It was I think Saucer Full Secrets yeah. was like right after Uma Guma. I think he only did two albums with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds tragic right. figure. They got fat and bald and died. Not true. He's good. <laughs> Both stayed objectively pure. He's true. in repose. Twenty years old. <laughs> what member of the Beatles family was involved with the Whale Dreamers organization? Ringo, Linda McCartney, oh. Julian Lennon, Yoko Ono, Ono. Or Olivia Harrison. Linda. Linda. <laughs> Incorrect. She's not with the breast cancer. It would be walkers. Julian Lennon. Huh. Julian's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. What were George Harrison's last words to Ringo Starr? Do you want me to go with you? Do you want me to come with you? Mm, that's really sad. Ringo cried talking about it. I don't want to talk about that, dude. Because, because Ringo went to go visit him in a hospital in Switzerland or a Scandinavian country like that because he was dying of cancer, really bad lung cancer. And um, and his daughter was having a brain t- tumor removed. An emergency brain surgery. In America, right? In Los Angeles. And he said, I got to go to Los Angeles for my daughter's surgery. And, and George, barely able to talk or move, said, you want me to go with you? That's very sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, stop. Fuck. They had a very special relationship, George and uh, Ringo. What was the only song on Sgt. Pepper's uh, that wasn't written by Lennon or McCartney? When Paul and John were tearing each other apart, George and Ringo were really a rock and kept each other yeah. together. Very sweet. What, are the, what was the question? What was the only song on Sgt. Pepper's that wasn't written by Lennon and McCartney? Uh, what are the choices? Within You, Without You. Oh, that's you? George, yeah. When I'm 64, yep. Good Morning, Good Morning. Yeah, yeah. A Day in the Life was partly inspired by the death of what Guinness heir? <laughs> It was, um, I knew he died I'm in gonna a car I'm going to make it harder and not read it. Yeah. Read the uh, no. Alec Guinness. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Paul Howard, Tara Brown, Albert Hall, or Suki Potier? The first one. Albert mm. Hall? 
enough holes to fill the Albert Hall. Come on, Steven. Tara, no, I wasn't even thinking. Tara Brown or Suki Porter? Suki Porter. Suki Porter was killed by the Manson family. Oh, no, Suki Porter is. Or Potier, sorry. I keep reading. Oh, Sidney Poitier. Oh, Holzer. Uh, it was Tara Brown. Oh, okay. Halsey. Who was Julia ridden for? Julia Lennon. Ju- Julia Lennon, his mom. John's sister, John's girlfriend, John's imaginary daughter, or John's mother? <laughs> John's mother. <laughs> Which Beatle was a member of the Dirty Bernie Mac? It's John the, Lennon. It's just the Dirty Mac. Which Beatles song includes French lyrics? Uh, Michelle. Michelle. Why did actress Jane Asher break up with Paul McCartney? Go on. She caught him cheating. She didn't have time for a relationship. She was jealous of his, of his success, or he wrote a song about her. B. Teaching. B. Cheating. Uh, he was found in bed with Francie Schwartz. Whoever that is. What was the Beatles' first film? Hard Day's Night. Sorry, I hit the wrong one. You were right. <laughs> you scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> you were about to get super embarrassed. So what BBC documentary were they in? Which of the following celebrities did not appear on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's? Oh, shit. Okay, wait. Okay, go on. Oscar Wilde, Marilyn Monroe, Edgar Allan Poe, or Humphrey Bogart? Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. Correct. Also, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler and Jesus were left out. They had them cut out and ready to go. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Hitler and huh. Jesus, yeah. Which of the following did George Harrison call his favorite album? Abbey Road, Rubber Soul, White Album, or Let It Be? Go again. Abbey Road, Rubber Soul, White Album, or Let It Be? Let's go Abbey Road. I'm going to say George liked Rubber Soul. Correct. He has good taste. George called it his favorite album, and Ringo referred to it as the departure record. Yeah. What what the fuck did we say? Paul said we'd had our cute period, and now it was time Mm -hmm. to expand. The film Help was a spoof of what series? James, James Bond. Bond. You weren't going to say Godzilla or Dracula? No. Or Lord of the Rings? <laughs> the Beatles wanted to make a Lord of the Rings movie. That's cool as shit. Yeah, where they put all the characters. Oh, hey, uh, side note. Yeah. Weren't the Beatles one of the Britbunger bands that financed Holy Grail? Uh, George Harrison was. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not the Beatles. No, but, George yeah. Harrison was. Okay. He put his own money, like $3 million of yeah. own money into it. Yeah. Well, I think like most of them just did it as like a tax write-off. Because mm-hmm. like Zeppelin and Floyd did the same thing. Yeah. Um, He's, he has a cameo in Life of Brian, too. Does he? Mm-hmm. George. Uh, we have a terrible uh, day for night sh- uh, scene in that movie. They put a blue filter over a daylight. Oh, yeah, so It's yeah, yeah. terrible. You no. can't see shadows at night, no, no matter how big the moon is. It's called Camp. <laughs> yes, sir. What was the first Beatles album released with identical tracks in both the UK and the US? Revolver, Magical Mystery Tour, Sgt. Pepper's, or Magical White Mystery album? Tour. Revolver. <laughs> both wrong. Sgt. Pepper's or White Album? Sgt. Pepper's. Correct. Yeah. Well, I know that. It wasn't until that album that, uh, in 67, that a Beatles album was released with identical track listings. Hmm. Which of the Beatles had a magic piano? Uh, None of this shit makes sense to me. That's solo shit. Ringo had a magic piano. Incorrect. Who? Did Ringo? Paul did. Paul had a magic piano? Was that a fucking... Many of the key songs written for Sgt. Pepper's album, including a title track, Fixing a Hole and Getting Better, were written Mm -hmm. on Paul McCartney's Magic Piano, a rainbow-painted upright piano created by Dudley Edwards and Douglas Binder in October of 66 that also inspired the album's kaleidoscope aesthetic. I didn't know Hmm. that. That's cool. What was the first song recorded for Sgt. Pepper's? Choices. Uh, The title track, Lovely Rita. When I'm 64, or Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. When I'm 64. Correct. Mm-hmm. I knew that. 
How many hours did it take to record Sergeant Peppers? Go on. No. <laughs> At one, least ten. Seven, seven thousand, seven hundred, or seventy. Se- seventy hours. Go seven, again. seven thousand, seven hundred, or seventy. Seven thousand. How sick would it be if it was seven? Yeah. It's not seven thousand. Seven hundred. It is seven hundred. Mm. Over a period of one hundred and twenty-nine days. Damn. To put that in perspective, please, please me took over just nine hours to complete. Yeah, mm. one session. Who was George Harrison's first wife? Patty Boyd. What was Patty the, Smith. What was the Beatles' first single? Options. Love Me Do, I Saw Her Standing There, Please Please Me, or Twist and Shout. Please Please, Twist and Shout. Is it Please Please Me? What, what are the other two options? Love Me Do, or I Saw Her Standing There. Love Me there. Do. Love Me Do went number one in the United States, so if that's... Correct. Which Beatles song did Frank Sinatra call the greatest love song ever written? Dune. Something, if I fell, when I'm 64, or I want to hold your hand. Something. Correct. A George song. He often performed it in the 70s, at one point wrongly attributing it to Lennon and McCartney <laughs> rather than Harrison. That's funny. When were the Beatles inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Give me an answer. <laughs> 88, 75, 94, 69. 88. Correct. Uh, the four were inducted individually from 94 to 2015. Who was the last one? Ringo. Probably Ringo. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. In 1960s... Listen, uh, man, uh, Photograph is a, is one of the best post-Beatles yeah, singles. That's all right. In 1960, the Beatles toured Scotland as the backup band for what pop singer? David Bowie, Trevor Steele, Johnny Gentle, or Tony Sheridan? Tony Sheridan. Tony Sheridan. Johnny Gentle. Nice. Correct. They called themselves the Silver Beatles at that point. Huh. The sleeve notes from which album led to the Beatles being nicknamed the Fab Four? Please Please Me, With the Beatles, Beatles for Sale, or Rubber Soul? Rubber Soul. Fuck! With, with the Beatles? Correct. Yeah. Steven Jolie started to outshine Tristan here. That's not true. <laughs> Go on. We're friends. What Don't the, let him drive between us. What was the working title for the film Help? Eight Arms to Hold Ya, Abracadabra, One Down, Six to Go, or Scrambled Eggs? Abracadabra. Scrambled Eggs. Fuck me. Uh, eight arms to hold you. Steven shining bright in the sky, Tristan plummeting to the earth. <laughs> After their final Hamburg engagement, what was the first country the Beatles toured other than Britain? Sweden, Italy, America, or Mexico? Sweden. Correct. How did Stuart Sutcliffe die? Cancer. Wait, what, give me the answers. Aneurysm, cancer, car crash, overdose. Aneurysm. Aneurysm. Sorry, Steven. Who played foot in the Beatles film Help? Jeremy Lloyd, Patrick Cargill, Ringo Starr, or Victor Spinetti? Victor Spinetti. Correct. What photographer is known for her photos of the Beatles? Linda McCartney. Cindy Sherman, Helen Levitt, Astrid Kircher, or Jane Asher? Astrid Kutcher. <laughs> Astrid Kutcher. <laughs> it was right. It was. Wilmer Valderrama. Start saying out loud when I'm right. No. I don't really think you can hear the little bell. It's fine. No one needs to know when you're right. Which song did the also, Beatles sing? Also, the, song? for anyone still listening, thank you. <laughs> Listen, I said it. And I'm proud of you. I said it eight minutes ago. If you don't like this shit, you don't like the horse house. Which song did the BBC ban for alleged drug references? Fixing a Hole, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Day in the Life, or all of these? All of those. Correct. 
What was the first Beatles album to include the complete lyrics? Sgt. Pepper's Lone Horse Band. Who introduced George them? is pointing to Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock. What does that mean? That's when there's Paul a died. Pic- there's a picture of them on the back, and the lyrics are transposed over the entire back cover. Okay. And he's just going like that, and they say it's pointing to when Paul died. I don't All trust right. that. Who introduced John and George to LSD? Their bus driver, their manager, their producer, or their dentist? One more time. He's getting their haircut at the dentist. Their <laughs> bus driver, their manager, their producer, or their dentist? Their bus driver. Incorrect. Their manager. Incorrect. Their dentist. Correct. What the fuck? In early 1965, while they were while they were guests for dinner, Lennon and Harrison's dentist secretly added LSD to their coffee. Holy shit! Lennon described the experience as it was just terrifying, but it was fantastic. I was pretty stunned for a month or two. Something, something British teeth. That was the first. That was what I said when I first got my ass eaten. Which Beatles song inspired the most cover versions? I feel like this one you can do it without answers, right? Here comes the sun. Yesterday, day in the life, I want to hold your hand or hey Jude. It is yesterday. What musician introduced the Beatles to cannabis? Oh, well, Bobby on Moby. Well, what are the what are the ones they give you? Elvis Presley, Mick Jagger, or Elton John, as opposed mm. to Dylan. Elton John in 1965 introduced him. That'd be weed. so sick. When he's trying to kill himself. Mm. What was the name of Rocky Raccoon's girlfriend? Lil, Nancy, McGill, or all of these? Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Lil, it's Lil. Her name was Lagil, but her name was McGill, but she called herself Lil. Lil, and everyone knew her as Nancy. All the above. Oh uh, yeah, fuck! I should have thought of the lyrics. As you veteran test takers will yeah. know, if it's more than one, it's all of the above. Yeah. I didn't hear the all of the above. That's my bad. What was the working title yesterday? I believe scrambled eggs. The day scrambled before eggs. all my troubles. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. What Beatles song was taken from the Broadway musical The Music Man? Ain't She Sweet, Tomorrow Never Knows, Till There Was You, or Your Mother Should Know. Till There Was You. Who was Got to Get You Into My Life written about? Um, Being a cuckold. Marijuana, Dorothy Roan, Yoko Ono, or Linda Eastman? Marijuana. I got to get you into my wife! That's sick, it's like Sweet Leaf. I'm starting to like the Beatles, guys. What man? Pa- Chris is really a champ for being the only person who's sitting through this. What's Paul McCartney's middle name? Paul. <laughs> Are you fuck? Oh, okay. His first All name right. is James. I thought it was gonna be Paul. Paul McCartney. James Paul McCartney. Then <laughs> I love PP McCartney. <laughs> More, please. Come on. This is a this is a humor podcast, Tristan. What record label was founded by the Beatles in '68? Apple. What did John Lennon change his middle name to? Oh, no. That's gross. What a cock. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What name did the group go by before they were the Beatles? Johnny and the Moondogs, the Blackjacks, the Quarrymen, or all of these? All All of these. these. What was the Beatles' first single to sell a million copies? Hey, Jude, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, or Can't Buy Me Love? Uh, I'm going to say She Loves You. Can't buy me love. It was wow. She Loves You. Which Beatles album only has songs written by John and Paul? Revolver, Help, Rubber Soul, or A Hard Day's Night? A Hard Day's Night. Good job. 
The Beatles gave their first live U.S. television performance on what show? That Sullivan show. The Conan O'Brien show. That'd be so cool. Um, Ugly Americans. <laughs> That's a good show. Yeah. Where did George Martin's first recording session with the Beatles take place? Headley Grange, Abbey Road Studios, IBC Studios, or Trident Studios? Trident Studios. IBC. Abbey Road or Is Headley it? Grange? Headley Grange. Wow, it was Abbey Road from the start. Good for wow. them. Wow. Yeah. On the 6th of June in 1962. Mm. Why did the BBC ban I'm the Walrus? It was just too weird. Drug references, PETA protests, or use of the word knickers. Drug reference. What was the first one? It was just too weird. Wow. PETA protests or the use of the word knickers, I guess. Yes. Huh. Maybe they should have said nicka. <laughs> Steven put the fart on there, not me. The BBC banned this song for the line's pornographic priestess oh, and yeah. let your knickers down. Who was the Beatles' original bass guitarist? Stuart Sadcliffe. Why did the Beatles producer Phil Spector go to jail? Shooting that woman she in the face. She kissed the gun. She, she kissed the gun. I interpreted that to mean murder, in which case you were correct. <laughs> All right. She kissed the gun. Was the, that's, that's what he said. I think, that was, asked him about it. I think that was the, the last of the boys. Ringo, play us out. No.
guy. Sorry, I was lighting a cigarette. It's hard to can't block the wind. Uh, Hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. Uh, so how's it going, boys? Pretty good, bud. Happy 64th Beatles episode. Uh, Thank you. I'm just chilling in here and at my dad's house, and I got to cut the grass, which is probably why I sound a little bit like I'm huffing and puffing, and I'm smoking a cigarette, and I'm fat. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not really fat. I don't think I'm. You're normal sized. People's definitions. So maybe a bit husky, like dad fat. Like, anyways, uh, another beautiful day here in the Weimar Republic states of America. True. Um, I I got into the Beatles when I was in the eighth grade. Um, because I just started smoking weed. Hell yeah. Making my own tie-dye shirts. Um, well, I wasn't wearing them. That would come later. <laughs> and I got I, or I went to Blockbuster because that was still open. It was like 2011, 2010. Rest in paradise. And uh, they had these magnets, or no, they were pins, and they were albums from the Beatles. And I got like a 12-pack of them or something. I put them all in my backpack. Very good. And I listened to the Beatles. And one of the principals came up to me and was like complimenting my, my on my back. And he was a Led Zeppelin fan who were all uh, pedophiles who stole mm-hmm. music from uh, black people who True. stole music from other black people. Um, and he pointed that revolver and he was like, yeah, revolver is a cool album cover. But, you know, you look at it and there's a whole bunch of different celebrities. Like there's Abe Lincoln right there. What a dumbass. I was like, that's, that's John Lennon with the beard. Stupid and, and piece of shit. To another guy. He's like, that's, Bill Murray, I'm like, no, that's uh, <laughs> Bill Murray, George Harrison. Um, <laughs> uh, he's pretty stupid. But uh, anyway, my favorite Beatles songs are um, "Yesterday," mm-hmm. "Taxman," "Helter Skelter." Very good. I really like "Octopus Garden." Rudy. It's actually one of my favorite. Beatles <laughs> it's a great songs. song. I think it's just a genuinely good song. Uh, "Got My Mind Set on You." George um, Solo. The Cracker Box Palace. George Solo. Um, lung cancer. George Solo. <laughs> George Solo. Stabbing. George Solo. Um, and what else? Eleanor Rigby. Oh, Paul, 1966. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I guess I got to move on now. I can't. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Frank. That was so really much fun. You good. had to cut that. That sounded too scripted. That was really oh, good. You guys. I'm have... glad you mentioned Taxman. Probably like the weirdest time signature for a Beatles song. Yeah, and but... also it's it's George going full libertarian mode. George hated taxes. Hmm. Hey, declare be... those. Do you know that song, Rudy? Mm-mm. You'd probably really like the riff on it and the bass part. No. Because you're like really take into my like advice, more intricate stuff. Take mm-hmm. my advice for those who die. Declare those pennies on your eye. Taxman, Mister Will. <laughs> Home invasion. <laughs> Here's hey, Chris. Horse boys. Uh, I'm walking around the Big Apple right now, and Hi, Chris. Uh, just wanted to call, check in. There was a. I was going to do a bit where I would just like sing "That's Life," and then you know that'd be cute and funny, but. Again, you know, I hate to. I hope know, this is Beatles related. The whole thing that I, I call into wine, but it's just the constant amount of disrespect I'm getting from Still. the horse house more so Frank than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, <laughs> be a little rude. You're in the Big Apple. Hey, how about you try to walk into the front door of the uh, Dakota Hotel? 
or maybe so John Lennon got shot. Read Catcher in the Rye. Wait, and guys, look for some hidden messages. Guys, I have a Beatle joke with the knowledge that I've obtained from this podcast. Mm-hmm. You're in the you're in the Big Apple. Maybe head on down to Apple Records instead. Hey, pretty good, Rudy. You're learning. I know. I like the Beatles now. Go on, Chris. Uh, again, after I explicitly stated, "Hey, don't talk over my fucking voice." You you, you do worse, dude. You ruin the flow of. You, you ruin my comedic time. I told Frank to stop. I had everything planned out. It was all good. Everyone was happy, and you paused it. It was a shit voicemail. <laughs> uh, Have a good show. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, for, thank you, Chris. And I, uh, in the twenty-five minute trivia bit, I did say you were the only person still listening. So uh, we we uh, still love you, Chris, even though you say we ruin your timing. I know we've had our differences uh, over this podcast in the past, but I'm just glad that you have recovered from being a dog now. True. <laughs> Here's Chris again. I mean, at the end of my fucking rope scene, I I don't know what to do. This is just anything. Where's the Beatles references? (laughs) Closing the drawer. That was no, no, please, motherfucker, no. Chris, stop! Please! For the love of God! I just complimented you on your speedy recovery. Oh my God. Tell me that you've got everything you want and your uh, dog can bark, but you don't get Chris. Motherfucker, here's, dude. Here's Chris. Four minutes later. The gayest lycanthrope in New York, everybody. The only living werewolf in New York. <laughs> Here's Steve. With hopefully a Beatles voicemail. Hey guys, it's me, Steve. Hey Steve. I hope you guys are having a great 64th episode making jokes about the Beatles. I would never. Uh, I, I, I just what I'm going to listen for, so fucking come up with something. Um, <laughs> my history with the Beatles goes kind of like way, way back. Back when I was in ninth grade. Yes, sir. I listened to them a lot. So much so that um, I know everything about them. No, you don't. Uh, the fact that the Not Beatles me. were an English rock band formed in Liverpool in <laughs> The group whose best-known lineup comprised John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr are regarded as the most influential band of all time. <sighs> this is true. They were integral to the development of <laughs> Steve, be careful, someone's editing the wiki page right now. Recognition as an art form. Rooted in skiffle beats and 1950s rock and roll, their sound incorporated elements of classical music and traditional pop in innovative ways. The band later explored music styles ranging from ballads and Indian music to psychedelia and hard rock. I love brain pop. And pioneers in recording, songwriting, and artistic... I love slop top. The Beatles revolutionized the music industry... And were often publicized as leaders of the year's youth. 
Social cultural movements. Um, picture of them. I'm just reading the wiki because uh, I think it'd be kind of funny since Christian said he's gonna read the wiki, and this would be even funny if he said it and he didn't do it at all. Did yeah? But, uh, hey, Christian did say that to you and then didn't do it at all because this is the last voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to Steve for that awesome Beatles voicemail. I can tell you're a big fan. Um, and thank you, Christian, for the aborted voicemail that we could have been. Three two one three two three nine five two one. That's we the, love our four listeners. That's the Beatles voicemails. Liverpool, England. Three two one three two three nine five two one dot co dot uk. Oh, what is this? I. Oh we're, oh, we're in a time tunnel. Oh, I. John, Paul, George, and Ringo are standing in front of me right now. They're going to introduce oh, themselves. To... <laughs> it's me, John. It's me, Ringo. Where are you it's, guys from? I'm from Liverpool. Oh, Ooh, I'm I'm Paul McCartney, and I'm George Harrison. And where are you from, George? Liverpool. <laughs> it's not as lame as much as good as I thought it would. Just whatever we thought. <laughs> that we That's po- me, Jerry. I'm the Beatles. Oh, it's Jerry. I did keyboards. <laughs> I play the Jews harp. Hello, it's me, Meg Griffin. <laughs> I finally thought, wow, we had like a Beatles podcast that was actually sort of fun, and it was funny. <laughs> and, Fuck it, you. and then you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It's me, Marge Simpson. I'm from Liverpool. <laughs>